Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Ah, hello, loves. It is Bowerly News Radio 930 WBEN. We made it to midweek. Mitzvok, as the Germans would say, they get it right. We just call ours Wednesday. What is it? Woden's Day, the god of war, which also is de- uh, is uh, derived from German. Anyway, uh, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, we've got a lot of things we're going to get into uh, today. If I sound a little bit... Um, uh, different. It's different. If I sound a little special today, it's because um, I had some dental work before the show and uh, I can't feel the lower left side of my mouth. So uh, I assure you that's all it is. It's, it's nothing worse. It's nothing worse than that. I'm sure the numbing is going to wear off uh, presently. Uh, the bad news is I no longer look like uh, a redneck because I had uh, an incisor, one of those upper incisors, uh, decided to go ahead and crack on me. I mean, well, okay, fall off on me. So uh, I, I, for a while I felt like the biggest redneck in the world and, you know, if you've ever um, uh, broken a tooth, you know what it's like because uh, you get the, uh, the, the the inside of your mouth gets all torn up and scratched up and everything. So uh, good news is mouths heal pretty quickly. And I've certainly had worse things done uh, to my mouth, which I better had explained. Uh, they had to take, uh, for a skin graft, they had to take some skin out of my mouth at one point. So <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's quickly change the subject, shall we, into more comfortable realms. Uh, Tanner Saunders is uh, with us uh, behind the glass at Master Control. Hello, young Tanner. Uh, how goes it? Did you ride your bike today or was today a, I'm going to run to work today because it's 50 degrees day? No, I actually drove, surprisingly. I, it's supposed to rain tomorrow, so I'll let it rain, get some of the salt off the roads, and then I'll start riding my bike again and uh, for uh, running just to get the snow off the sidewalk because I don't want to muck up my running shoes. 
Yeah, muck up. I'm glad you said that. Um, yeah, between you, Lisa Polizzi, and Tim Wenger, I'm starting to feel outnumbered in the running department. Um, ice skating is fine. Bikes are fine. Walking in a treadmill, fine. Running, I'm sorry. I just have to draw the line at that. Weights are, are fine, although I'm a little bit nervous that if I start that again, my intestines are going to go all over the floor, which uh, isn't going to be a very pretty fluff. It's not going to be a pretty sight for anybody, quite frankly. Anyway, uh, we have uh, a lot of things we're going to get into today, and uh, one of them is, and I, you know what, this is either going to kick butt or it's going to suck. It's either going to be one of those shows where I say, wow, I'm really glad I did that, or it's going to be one of those shows where I say, wow, what the hell was I thinking? That was a really bad idea. Was I drunk? Um, hold my beer, Tanner. I have an idea. Um, April 8th, uh, in the 3 o'clock hour, Buffalo, New York will be under total solar eclipse. Now, we've been under total intellectual eclipse uh, for many, many decades, but this will be a total solar eclipse. And on a scale of uh, 0 to 10, I, I just I want to ask you, how excited are you about the eclipse? Now, somebody told me that even as far away as Warsaw, New York, hotel rooms are going for a ridiculous amount of money. Um, and let me just share with you, I mean, first of all, if you're going to look at the eclipse, obviously you need uh, approved sunglasses. Um, approved, I'm sorry, I said sunglasses. Approved e uh, uh, eclipse glasses because you really cannot look directly at the sun. It's just not good for you. I think you know that by now. And please explain that to your children. Do not look at the sun during the total eclipse. Bad things are going to happen to your retina. And believe me, as somebody who is lucky to have the sight in his right eye after a detached retina, uh, you don't want to run the risk of any retinal damage whatsoever because, frankly, there aren't that many retinal specialists in western New York. There's a few, one of whom uh, is my hero, quite frankly. But, uh, you know, I, I, I have to confess a couple of things. Number one, I have been trying desperately to lease a 737. True story. I've been in touch with all of the major airlines trying to lease a 737 so that people could get above any clouds and actually see the eclipse. Uh, I know what it was going to cost to lease a 737. I was ready to, I was willing, ready and able to take the risk. And uh, unfortunately, there is not a 737 to be found uh, uh, with all of the airlines I contacted. So I struck out big time on that front. And now why would I consider lease? No, it was to sell seats. It wasn't for myself. Don't be silly. Uh, I'll be working that day. Uh, but anyway, the reason I was thinking, well, the reason I was going to lease a 737 if for a charter uh, above the clouds is, you know, I'm having a really hard time. And I'd like your thoughts on this as well. I'm having a very hard time getting excited about the eclipse because why? Well, we happen to live in one of the cloudiest places in the world, in Buffalo, New York. I mean, I've said this before. Um, I think I say it at least once a week. But how many times have you flown across the country, not a cloud in the sky, but then the minute you come within 
20 miles of buffalo, 30, 40 miles of buffalo. It is just totally overcast and cloud covered. When is the last time you've actually landed at Buffalo International, I'm sorry, Greater Buffalo Niagara International Airport, um, where you haven't had to duck through the clouds before you touch down? And you wonder, let's see, are we going to be over Eastern Hills or are we going to be over the... uh, uh, rail yard. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, Eastern Hills. Okay, there, there, there's Transit Road right there. I, I just, you know what, uh, call me uh, a pessimist, which I think is probably, I, I guess I'm a realist, um, which all too often makes you a pessimist, I think. But I, I'm having a real hard time getting excited over the eclipse, and I'll tell you, it's because when I look at the history of weather for April 8th, it doesn't look terribly promising. April 8th is not exactly historically a day of sunshine and festivity and frivolity. Um, it's uh, usually rainy and cloudy, at least as I have done a look into uh, April 8th, which is the date of the total eclipse, which hasn't happened in almost, what, a century in uh, Buffalo, New York. So, we're going to have a million people flooding into this area for the eclipse. And to be very honest with you, and I'm not going to – and I, look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I am wrong. Can we just engrave that in granite and erect a monument? <laughs> he said monument. Can we – Can we? I hope I'm wrong. But why do I get the feeling that – the date of the eclipse is going to be one of those totally overcast, cloudy, gloomy days. And it's going to be hard to tell when totality hits because it's already going to be dark and crappy outside. <laughs> Three and a half, four minutes, it's it's not going to make much of a difference. I don't believe personally any more than I believe the Buffalo Bills were going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals last year. I, I do not believe that uh, we're actually even going to see the eclipse. I, I think that uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be the great disappointment of 2024. I think the area is going to be, um, it's it's going to be covered with clouds. And I don't think that these poor people, these million people who are coming to, bu- there are, are so many places where you can see an eclipse um, at various points in the astronomical calendar. And to me, uh, an eclipse over Buffalo, New York, is uh, almost an eclipse not worth having because I don't think we're even going to see it. I think it's going to be cloudy and gloomy and glum, probably rainy, and you're going to have a whole bunch of people saying, we spent how much money for this? Which is why I wanted to lease the 737, to bring people above the clouds so they were guaranteed to see the eclipse. Um, so I'm, I, I gotta tell you, my excitement about the eclipse on a scale of zero to 10 is pretty much between a zero and a one for the aforementioned reason. I just don't think it's going to be, I, I just, I think it's going to be typical Buffalo April weather. I think it's going to be cloudy, gloomy, glummy, glummy, glum, overcast and gray. I think, uh, I, again, I hope I am wrong, but 
I hear all these people from the various civic organizations saying, well, you know, uh, we're going to have a special observation deck open. Uh, we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing that. It's going to be amazing. A million people in Buffalo. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a million people leaving Buffalo very disappointed that they came here because all they saw were clouds and darkness, which, frankly, come here in January, you'll see a lot of clouds and darkness. In fact, come here any day between November and uh, May, and you're probably going to see a lot of clouds and darkness. And the, 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 the clouds eclipse the sun pretty much every day here in Buffalo. And I'm sorry, but as a native Buffalonian and not somebody who moved here from uh, California or Tucson, I have the right to say that. Um, anybody want to offer thoughts on this? Uh, and some people are saying, well, they're downplaying the Bowerly theory that it's just going to be cloudy, gloomy, and overcast and probably rainy anyway. Um it, it, you you might have a dissenting opinion. You might be more optimistic than I. I mean, is it going to be good for the local economy in the short term? Yeah, in the short term, yeah. But my fear is that you're going to have all these people going back to their points of origin saying, wow, we went to Buffalo for the eclipse and all we saw were clouds. And therefore, my, my excitement scale about the eclipse is a zero to one. Do you guys agree with me or do you disagree with me? And keep in mind, my mentality is I always prepare for the worst, whether it is my business life, my personal life, no, no matter what area of life it is, I always prepare for the worst. And frankly, having followed Buffalo sports teams uh, since the Buffalo Sabres in the 1970s, um, my expectations of the worst happening have all too often, in fact, every single time, proven to be correct. Not that the sports teams have anything to do with the solar eclipse, mind you, but Buffalo Sabres, two runs at the Stanley Cup, two losses. Buffalo Bills, four straight Super Bowl appearances, four straight losses. And I'm afraid, again, that the Super Bowl window of this era of the Buffalo Bills closed in Kansas City on the 13-second game, which I told people at the time at the party uh, at which I had attended. Um, and I'm surprised I got out of there without needing serious dental work because when uh, KC won the game, I said, yeah, you can forget about a Super Bowl in this generation, guys. Uh, 803-0930-STAR-930-1800-616-WBEN. How excited are you about the eclipse? And do you think we're actually going to see it? I think it's going to be the dud. Well, I can't say the dud of the century because that would obviously be your humble host. Uh, let's not, not stud, dud of, this, uh, of the century. Here is, uh, and look, I hope I'm wrong. Please understand. I don't want people to call and say, yeah, you, uh, "You were hoping it was good." No, I hope. I hope I'm dead wrong. But I've I've come to expect the worst if you count on Buffalo weather for anything. Because sorry, I remember last July sitting outside at a local establishment in July watching a band play, wearing a very heavy coat and ducked tucked under a winter blanket I keep in the car. So I've learned to expect the worst. Uh, here's uh, Jerry in uh, Tonawanda. Jerry, you're on WBen. Hello. Hey Tom. Hey, if I could go to the casino and bet a hundred bucks, I'd put a hundred bucks on it. it's going to be cloudy and you're not going to see it. And what you said was great. You should get a shirt that says, "I came to Buffalo for the eclipse and all I got was clouds." That would be great on a shirt. Um, yeah. <laughs> that I, was. I, 
But so do you, uh, I mean, look, I, I hate to sound like uh, Mr. Negative, but do you agree that given the fact that, I mean, have, have you have you done a lot of flying? Yeah, I mean, commercial, yeah, I've, I've flown. Yeah, and you're right. You get above the clouds and then you're, you're absolutely right. It's You see all blue skies and you come into Buffalo, 99% of the time you got to, Drop down below the car, below the clouds, before you see the city. So yeah, it's like you take off from Fort Lauderdale. Oh, there's Georgia. Oh, there's uh, Charleston. Oh, there's Philadelphia. Yeah. There's New York, and then you start heading west. It's like, oh, I guess we're coming to Buffalo now, so I can't see the ground. Yeah, and and my son told told me he's having a big group in Rochester, and he says, "Come on, Dad, come up here. We're gonna see the eclipse." And I said, "Daniel, you got me confused." And he says, "Confused." I say, "Yeah." Confused with somebody that gives a crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I can care less. I, I mean, I'm 73. Maybe if I was younger, but even if I was younger, it's like, hey, it's for four minutes, and maybe you get an hour or so. Uh, but like you said, if it's cloudy, you ain't gonna see nothing. It, even if it was clear, in four minutes, it's over. So it's like, really, for four minutes, you come spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to to come here to to see it. I mean, unless you. Unless you if, got a lot of money to blow. If you were guaranteed to see it, yes. But uh, frankly, I can't think of a worse venue than Buffalo to have totality of eclipse because we are so freaking cloudy. Hey, you got me confused again, Tom. <laughs> I know. You got me confused. Yeah, uh-huh. All right. Well, you got you got me confused. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Uh, the eclipse is on April 8th. A lot of media attention about the eclipse, and I'm having a hard time getting excited about it because I've got this little voice inside of me saying, it's going to be cloudy. The weather's going to suck. It's going to be gloomy. It's like there's nothing like flying out of Buffalo on a fall day because a lot of times in fall, like September, October, it seems like you kind of catch some breaks with some beautiful vistas and, and views. Ooh, a cardinal. Um, oh, no, I'm not at the Vatican. I just see a cardinal outside the window. Not a cool, that's kind of cool. Heard a downy woodpecker yesterday. Nothing like hearing a pecker first thing in the morning. But, uh, oh, wow, look at that. Cardinal's just sitting there looking around. Huh, I wish you guys could see it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. 
Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring. All right, April 8th. A lot of people are talking about April 8th and the uh, eclipse. And I'm having a very hard time getting excited about it. My excitement level is uh, um, it's somewhere between zero and one. And uh, the reason is because uh, I, I don't even think we're going to see it. I think it's going to be a cloudy, gloomy April day. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. But I just have a feeling April is not exactly. What is that uh, old expression about uh, April showers and May flowers? Hmm. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Here's uh, Mark in Buffalo. Mark, you are on WBEN. Hello. Hi, Tom. I hope you feel better with the dental stuff. I've been there, done that. Oh, well, it's not a big deal. Just, I just I just wanted to, if, if, I, if I sound like this, it's why. <laughs> oh, I've been an amateur astronomer since I was five years old, and I'm going to be 60 in May. And I can... Um, they say that the language of science is mathematics, and there's really no way to explain this, but I can throw some rudimentary information your way. Um, I've seen one total solar eclipse, and it's rather awe-inspiring. It's fantastic. Um, I think it's going to be a clear day. I think that you are going to be awestruck by what you see. Um, yeah, you're entitled actual, to your opinion. The actual disk of the moon um, moves over the sun, and it gradually gets darker, and then all around the horizon is like twilight, and you can actually see the stars near, you know, if you look to the zenith towards the top of the sky. Um, the moon is only 2,200 miles in diameter. The sun is 186K in diameter at 93.5 million miles away. The moon is 245,000 miles away, and it's quite peculiar that the actual visual diameter of the moon fits exactly into the visual diameter of the sun. It's quite unusual. In fact, I would say it's improbable. So and, um, where where did you see the eclipse? I, I'm guessing it, it was, wasn't Buffalo because our last total eclipse here was what back in the 1920s. Uh, last time, last last time, the only one that I saw was down south. I was either in Alabama or Florida. Ah, so yeah, you weren't in a, much, you weren't in a city located off of Lake Erie. No, sir. No, I mean you understand where I'm coming from, though. I mean I'm sure you've done your fair share of flying into Buffalo. Um, I don't fly because I don't want to put my life in someone else's hands. Well, you do every day. Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> I mean, astronomer... plane, if, if it's your time, buddy, it's your time. A plane is gonna, you know, you, you don't. It, 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 when it's your time, it's your time. Everyone comes with an expiration date. You're right. So um, I, I, that should not prevent you from doing things that you want to do. I mean, if you want to fly somewhere, fly somewhere. It's the safest uh, per-passenger-mile mode of transport there is. 
out of commercial all the, airline travel. Out of all the satellites in the solar system, astronomers actually view the Earth and Moon as a double planet system because no satellite has the mass proportionately as large to the host planet as the moon does. The moon is approximately one quarter the size of the Earth. And every other satellite from the Jovian moons all the way out to Neptune and Uranus, um, they're very small compared to the host planet. So astronomers actually think that the Earth moon is a double planet system. But uh, when you view it, and I do think that it's going to be clear, you're in for quite the treat. Well, I'm not – actually, uh, even if it is uh, sunny outside, I don't plan on looking at it. Even with even with the glasses, I don't plan you on say, – You could take a, a camera with it. You need an uh, Alpha H filter with any kind of video camera. What an Alpha H filter is, I have no idea, but I know that it filters out. You know, the, the sun is supposed to be a million times brighter than a full moon. So, yeah, um, I, know I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't feel like putting – I, I just don't feel like putting my eyesight at risk. I don't care, you know, what kind of glasses they give out. I'm not going to look at it. Speaking of eyesight lately, my glaucoma has been acting up. We've uh, talked I'm about the eye that. stuff before. So anyway, the uh, anyway the uh, eclipse in its totality is. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's uh, it's it's breathtaking. Uh, but again, we are one of the cloudiest places in the entire country. Why? Why would you think it's going That's to be true. clear of all days on April eighth? I just have a good feeling about it. You know, I know you're a history buff, and eclipses in history used to be the harbinger of doom. And I know that you like Shakespeare. What uh, reminds me of how does that go in Macbeth? By the pricking of my thumb, something wicked, something this, wicked way this way comes. Yes. Or how, how did it go in thunder, rain? Thunder, lightning, or in again. rain. Uh, 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 that's the very beginning of the show, or of the uh, of yeah. the play. When but, shall uh, we three so meet can... again in thunder, lightning, or in rain? When the hurly burly's done, when the battle's lost and lost and won, that will be ere the set of sun. Where the place upon the heath, there to meet with Macbeth. Fair, uh, fair is foul, and foul is fair. Never mind. I'll stop. Very good. Awesomeness. Yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to make my point. I think that you're in for a treat, and I'm thinking positive, and I think I've seen one before, and I don't know, it just changes your perspective on things. And what's weird is the birds start chirping because uh, they think it's twilight. That's really kind of weird. Well, okay, but uh, let's just let's just take a list here, uh, a look here. The cloudiest cities, the, the ten gloomiest cities in the United States, Anchorage, Alaska, number one. Portland, Oregon, number two. And what do you think number three is? It has to be Buffalo. Buffalo, New York. You are correct. So getting excited about a total eclipse in the third cloudiest city in America is like going to the prom, thinking you're going home with the prom queen. Actually, I try try to keep things positive, and I have a a positive feeling about this eclipse. I think it's going to be a clear day. We'll see. I look. I, I I hope that you're right. I hope people get their their money's worth. But uh, I just I have this I, I I have this horrible feeling. It's the same feeling I had uh, when the Bills were taking on Cincinnati, and everybody was saying very nasty things about me because I thought Cincinnati was going to beat the Bills, and in fact they did beat the Bills uh, by a far greater margin than I had anticipated. So I'm not I'm not terribly uh, excited about this because I don't I think it's going to be the eclipse that wasn't. I mean, what do you think that? Um, oh, here's here's one. What will the headline be the next day? 
Cloud Clips. Yeah, it could be flop. F L O P flop. If it's cloudy, that would not work, would it? But it, uh, let, let's. Are, are you excited at all about it? Uh, despite my uh, negative nature. Yes, sir. But I've seen one before, so this is like riding a bike. But it's really kind of creepy, man. To be honest with you, it's kind of weird. I could see why the ancients feared eclipses. I could see that completely clear because it's just so it's natural, but it's kind of like a harbinger of doom. It's just really um, weird. I wanted and, to use my one call for the week and um, we need some fresh uh, voices here on WBEN. So I try and limit my calls. All right. Uh, fresh voices. Well, you've got Sue O'Neill doing uh, the morning show this week, so that's a fresh voice for you. So um, thank you very much. I, uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, we can thank always you, use. Uh, thank you. We can always use fresh voices. Um, we can use stale voices, uh, whatever. 803-0930. What do you think the headline is going to be the day after the uh, so-called eclipse? And again, look, I if you listen to this show, I try to be very rational about things and very, uh, well, scientific about things. And we are the third cloudiest city in the United States. And we average 208 days of clouds. Anchorage, Alaska averages 239 days of clouds. We're almost as cloudy as Anchorage, almost as cloudy as Portland, Oregon. So if I were a betting man... And it depends on the bet. If I were a betting man, I think it's going to be a flop. I'm just kind of curious how excited you are about the eclipse because we're going to have about a million people in western New York. Uh, sadly, I think there are going to be a million disappointed people who've come to western New York to see the eclipse. And again, I, I, I was um, uh, negative enough about the eclipse and whether or not we're going to see it that I actually – I, I called around in my many off hours huh, and uh, was trying to uh, trying to charter a 737 and then sell seats on it so people could be guaranteed to see the eclipse. But unfortunately, there aren't any planes available that day. Uh, some of the airlines are actually having their own uh, eclipse flights, and they're already sold out. So you are uh, SOL. 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. How many of you have actually seen a total solar eclipse? Remember, I just I remember being in fifth or sixth grade, and this is the era where uh, subscribe to Sky and Telescope magazine. I'm almost embarrassed to say that, but it uh, happens to be true. And we had a uh, partial eclipse. I was so excited. I had the shoebox. You know, in elementary school, they say, well, you don't look directly at the eclipse. What you want to do is you want to build a, uh, a shoebox. And uh, just saying, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I didn't, I didn't really see it. Um, all I saw was a bunch of clouds, and I was I was so excited, and that was only a uh, partial eclipse. So uh, let's see. Um, you know, part of uh, somebody uh, uh, said to me that uh, part of the daily forecast from here until April eighth should be our meteorologist saying, if the eclipse had happened today, there was a blank percent chance that you actually would see it. And I think that that would be awesome. If we have a meteorologist out there, that would be great to, to say, hey, if the eclipse happened today, there was a 2% chance you would have seen it. 
Um, I, I mean, the chances of seeing it from start to finish in a city that is the third gloomiest city in America, I think uh, you know you might as well expect the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to play in the Super Bowl. Um, which obviously, for obvious reasons, is not going to happen. 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. On a scale of 0 to 10, how excited are you about the solar eclipse? Now, if we lived in uh, Arizona, I, I would probably have a much different take on it. If we lived in, well, Florida can be cloudy and gloomy, too. Um, if we lived in the Caribbean, I would be probably a lot more upbeat about it because, uh, you know, the, why, do you, why do you go to the Caribbean on vacation? Because it's sunny. You're going to see sunshine and sunlight. But uh, here, I don't know, this is, to me, this is one of the worst places to have a total eclipse of the sun. And again, I hope I'm wrong, and I know that people are going to call in. If I am wrong, people will call in. Later that day, on April 8th, and they're going to say, I canceled my plans because of you. Don't cancel your plans because of me. I'm not responsible for your decisions. You're a grown-up. Put your big boy pants on. Put your panties up and uh, make your own decisions. Don't make any cancellations on my account. But I'm just saying I've been uh, I've been disappointed far too many times in life at things to which I was really looking forward, just not materializing. And I think this eclipse is going to be a flop simply because of April in Buffalo. Come on. Maybe July. Maybe July. Although there were some nights last July that uh, seemed more like nights of November. Uh, here is uh, Chris in uh, Hamburg on WBEN. Chris, uh, the eclipse, are you excited or you think it's going to be a dud? Um, I think it's, you know, you pays your money and takes your chances as far as the weather goes. Okay? Yes. And, uh, but I have to tell you, I saw a total eclipse just as I lifted off on a, on a Buffalo bound flight from Atlanta, Georgia, a number of years ago. And once we got up a little bit, uh, the weather was somewhat overcast, but once we got up a little bit, you would not believe the color of the sky. It was like a Navy blue. It was so strange, and, and you look down at the ground, and all the all the all the lights, you know, the lights that are triggered by doctors are all coming out all through the whole city, and uh, it was so spectacular. But I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping for a clear day. I think I'll I'll do a little research and see if I can go back in the records and just to find out how many days were cloudy, how many days were clear for Buffalo on that day. Yeah, Probably you're more, gonna you're you're gonna be disappointed. <laughs> you're yeah, gonna be disappointed. Cloudy, you're gonna yeah I. I yeah, I'll, I can I can agree with that. But if I if uh, I had the for if I had to forecast April eighth right now for eclipse time, I would say cloudy and showers. If if I was, I don't even have to be a meteorologist, but I'm sorry, I've lived here too long. Cloudy, showers, and forty two. That would be my forecast. Yeah, I uh, you know you probably you probably are at the ballpark, but let's let's hope for the best because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to see something that believe me is amazing. Well, uh, when you when you were on that flight, did the airline think to uh, have eclipse glasses available to you? No, actually, that that was that was kind of the strange part. But uh, what the, the the airplane? I don't think you could have looked straight up at the sun. It was like we were flying, and and the sun's over top of us, so you could you could see the sky and you could go up just so far by looking up. But but the, it was the colors that got me. 
So Navy, they, like that, like that feeling when you're landing somewhere in the Caribbean and uh, you look down at the ocean and it's that uh, unusual blue that you have. Yeah, it's very similar. This is more like a almost a navy. You know, I mean, if if it if it is clear, it's it, most likely you'll be able to see stars. You know, among this, you know, among the uh, among the uh, cliffs. Cool. Cool. Uh, very, very awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate the call. But it would really suck if the pilot looked at the eclipse and went blind mid-flight along with the co-pilot. That might be a little awkward. So scale of zero to ten, are you excited about the eclipse? And owing to the fact that we are the third cloudiest city in America, my excitement level is somewhere between a zero and a one. Um, I, I just, I just get the feeling it's going to be a cloudy, rainy, gloomy April day in Buffalo. We've certainly seen a lot of them. Have we not? Uh, here is Derek NT. Derek. Hello. Hey, hello. Yeah. I'm still pretty excited about it, but I definitely agree with your realism. The probability of a clear day is not very high. And that is why in 2017, I made the trip down to where the whole totality region was, which we're fortunate enough to see here. And it was really cool. Uh, I'll be doing the same thing this year that I was then. I've got the Dark Side of the Moon album back timed. So at the exact moment of, of eclipse is the line, you know, at the end of it, where the sun is eclipsed by the moon. And you see the dark side of the moon. You know, there's like a moon with a sun ring. Having said that, I hate to, break, I hate to break the news. Sir, I hate to break the news to you, but uh, there is no dark side of the moon. It's all dark. It says so in the song. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. And uh, But I will tell you this, though. Because it gets dark, even if it is a cloudy day here, you will be able to notice darkness. And and I'm with you because I get the shoebox eclipse. I, I did that at school once when I was a kid. But this isn't like you need glasses to tell the eclipse happened. Like, it actually gets dark. And when I was down there in the south, the crickets started chirping. And and so I was looking today, and you, you can tell there's kind of a bright speck, even though it's cloudy. So will we notice something? Yes. Um, am I really optimistic that it, it's going to be completely clear? Not really. Um but anyway, I'm making a day of it, and I'll be playing that album that you brilliantly referenced there. So I'm well, so that's, excited that's, about I, it. I can think of worse things to do than listening to Pink Floyd during the uh, Total Eclipse. You could also listen to Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Ugh. Sounds uh, a little not. 80s oh, or 90s oh, rock ballad to me, man. I don't uh, know. In the, uh, in the 80s, Bonnie Tyler, um, she also did nothing but a heart ache heartbreak nothing but a heart whatever uh but anyway um yeah i mean uh, there, there's never a bad time for pink floyd and i encourage you to look it up you don't have to take my word for it during totality which is like i think it's going to be 318 and 22 seconds there'll be a three minute 40 something period of totality look it up online to see if it's safe to view that without glasses 
Uh, every did. every everybody <laughs> I've said says no. You you just you don't mess with your. And I would say, look, you know what? I'm not I'm not an ophthalmologist, but I would say there's just no way I'm going to risk my eyesight. I've come too close to losing it once. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna put my eyesight to a mild <laughs> risk. No, it's just not going to happen. Well, as Brian Regan says, it, 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 you can get high points at the sun stair. So, yeah. Um, thank you very much uh, for the David Gilmore words of reference. Uh, and thank you very much. Uh, uh, words of, uh, not reference, but uh, words of wisdom. Thank you very much. Uh, it is uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBN. A lot of excitement about the April 8th eclipse. And you'll forgive me, but we're the third cloudiest city in America. There are few places worse to come for a total eclipse of the sun than western New York. I'm sorry to break the news. I don't make the weather. I just watch the weather. If you want total darkness during daytime, I've got one word for you. January. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All righty. Welcome, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome to the show. And, uh, and a lot of excitement about the uh, eclipse on April the 8th. April, what bring Mayflowers? I, I just, I'm, I'm having a real hard time getting excited about the eclipse because uh, we are the third cloudiest city in America. Uh, let's see. Uh, Alaska, the city in Alaska that's number one. Portland, Oregon is number two. And Buffalo is number three. And you really think you're going to see the eclipse? Um, I I don't think so. I, I think the odds are against it, um, especially knowing what April's can be like in Buffalo, New York. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. I hope I am wrong, just like I hoped I was wrong about the Cincinnati Bengals-Buffalo Bills game last season, but uh, I proved to be right, except Cincinnati beat the Bills by even more than I thought they would. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go uh, to the calls. Uh, Frank in Alden is on WBEN. Hello. Hey, Tom. I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, I was looking forward to this eclipse. And as it gets closer and closer, yeah, I got my glasses from the Erie County Library. But now, in hindsight, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm seeing an ophthalmologist, early stage of cataracts, possibly family history of macular degeneration. I'm not about to look at the damn sun <laughs> anymore. And... The old adage, April showers bring May flowers. I think this damn thing's going to be a bust. 
I welcome all the money that's going to come to the area, but you know what the heck? It's just like the same. I've been waiting for a Super Bowl win. <laughs> I've been waiting for a Stanley Cup. This is <laughs> Buffalo. The boss. We, we, we don't. We I don't feel. get. We don't get nice things. We have a Pan American exposition, and a president gets murdered. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'm hoping for the best, but this is Buffalo. I've been expecting the worst. I mean, I guess I'm a pessimist more than an optimist. Well, I I, 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 I would I, argue I would argue that you are a realist. And look, I I hope that we are both wrong. I want to emphasize that. But, you know, yeah, it's going to be great to have hundreds of thousands, who knows, maybe a million people visiting western New York. But is it really going to be good in the long term if it's a crappy day and they just go back to their places of origin and say, well, we went to Buffalo for the eclipse and, uh, well, we did a lot of day drinking, so there's that. (laughs) Again, I I welcome the money coming to the economy – but being a realist, I just figure April, April's notorious for rain around here. I mean, come on, you know, I mean, if it's a sunny day, fine. I'll walk in my backyard and I'll let the darkness take over. But I'm really having serious thoughts about, you know what, huh? even though I got those glasses, I don't think I'm going to look at the sun, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I just walk in my garage, crack a, crack a beer, and say, oh, well, big deal. You, you know what? I mean, I look, I, I don't care what the uh, what the eye doctors say. Even with the solar eclipse glasses, I am not going to look at the sun because I'm lucky to be able to see out of my right eye. I don't even want to begin to run any risk whatsoever of any kind of additional retinal damage whatsoever. I've had my fair share. Thank you very much. I I, I agree fully. And I've just what what I've paid in co-pays alone to my ophthalmologist, I'm not gonna look at the darn sun. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't think it's honestly, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I mean, seriously, it's early April. It's Buffalo. And uh, I mean, seriously, I am very hard pressed to think of a time as many times as I have flown into Buffalo, New York. I could probably count on one hand the number of times it's been clear skies all the way in. Usually, like I said, you can fly from pretty much anywhere in the country, and it's totally clear across the length and breadth of the land, and you know you're getting to Buffalo. Why? Because suddenly, you're above the clouds. <laughs> uh, couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more, buddy. Well, I, I hope we're both. I hope we're both wrong, and I hope we're both schnooks at the end of this. But uh, thanks very much. I I appreciate it. I mean, uh, it's going to bring a lot of people. It's going to bring a lot of money. And I, I'm so so. Let, let's put it this way. I'm so confident that it's going to be cloudy. I literally and, and and don't laugh. I literally tried to charter from the major airlines a seven thirty seven and I was going to sell seats on the 737 so that people could be guaranteed to see the eclipse. But there are no 737s around to be leased as a charter. It was going to cost me about 50000 uh, bucks, starting at about 50000 plus some other fees. But I figured I could have sold the seats, and it would have been a nice little, nice little payday. However, 
uh, there aren't any 737s, much less 737 Max series to be found, and uh, I'm SOL on that front. But Frank, in, and I wasn't going to go up on it. I was going to work. Uh, here is uh, Frank on WBEN. Hello. Yeah, Tom, I'm glad I, that caller went before me because I would like you to explore from a second here. Being where we, we're the losers on the lake, right? The Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, Toronto with the Maple Leafs, etc. Like, do you oh, wait, wait, wait? Toronto Blue Jays have won have, have, have won baseball championships. They're World Series yeah, champions. They have, they have uh, but the, the uh, and the Toronto Maple Leafs have have had eras where they have won Stanley Cups. Toronto can always well, say we've had a Stanley Cup. The last one being back in the 1960s. The Blue Jays have been World Series champions. So you can't compare yeah, Toronto yeah. to Buffalo. Our lacrosse team has been champions. That's about it. And the Buffalo well, Bills uh, AFL champions, but go ahead. Um, the reason I mentioned Toronto with the Leafs is obviously because they're they're crazy over hockey up there, and they haven't won since '67. Okay, and and the Bills have never won the Super Bowl, despite the four times in a row. And I'm wondering, like, does the negative attitude hang over both of these areas so badly that the players, the participants, actually? feel like a like a, a, a burden on their back that they can't overcome. Because it, it, it seems to me, like, that, explain to me a, 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 a town like Pittsburgh, right? They have six Super Bowl rings, six. How does and that A bunch happen? of Stanley Cups, a bunch of Stanley Cups as well. Yeah, well, because yeah, exactly. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was not the place where McKinley was assassinated. Uh, it all goes back. I'm pr- pretty sure it all goes back to the assassination of William McKinley. Uh, Buffalo went downhill ever since September 6, 1901, when he was shot at the Pan American Exposition. Um, but uh, look, you you raise a very interesting point, and I, I mentioned this the other day. But at the beginning of the 13 second season, do you remember yeah. Von Miller putting out a videotape? to get the, the fans all pumped and all psyched about the coming season. We know, and I'll, I'll paraphrase, we know that you've seen disappointments. Wide right, the uh, Music City Miracle, and then he lists a few other Buffalo Bills uh, disappointments in history, and then that very season is ended with the 13 seconds, which will live in infamy. Do you find any irony in that? Yes. That was such a heartbreaker, job. I mean, believe me, I've been around through all of these, and I, re- I remember them all. And, and as they're happening, I, I always wonder, like, like is it just is it us? Like, what did we do? You know? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, that's why I, I start to wonder that the players they listen to the radio, they read the papers, they know how we feel, how we're so desperate. Maybe it, Josh Allen's just so desperate to give the Bills a Super Bowl ring that he, he he's just putting too much pressure on himself and he can't do it. Well, wait a minute. Look, look, but, but look look at the Boston Red Sox. Look at their drought in the World Series. And, and the Boston yeah, Red Sox were able to win World Series after years of frustration. Yeah. But, I mean, what, what, I mean if, if you want to talk sports, what, what really pisses me off the most is, especially with the NHL, Buffalo Sabres entered the National Hockey League in 1970. And they had the spin of the wheel. The choice was between Gilbert Perrault and Dale Talon. And we got Gilbert Perrault, okay? And the Buffalo Sabres made the Stanley Cup Finals in 1974-75 and lost four games to two to Bobby Clark, Bernie Perrant, and the Philadelphia Flyers. All right? That was the beginning of my realizing 
this is not good. Then they go into the Stanley Cup Finals. They lose to the Dallas Stars, but they don't just lose. They lose with no goal. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, the first Super Bowl, they should have won if they weren't out partying all week in Tampa. Maybe they would have won had they been a more disciplined team and Marv Levy had cracked the lip a little, a whip a little bit more. And then the rest of them were just blowouts. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, I can't, I can't argue with you. Um, Norway's three feet to the right. I mean, this guy from Kansas City, he kicks sixty yarders, and I don't know. We just keep hoping. <laughs> I know. Maybe yeah. we got I, I actually ran into I actually ran into Scott Norwood a few weeks ago at a local establishment, and no, I didn't bring it up. It, that would just that would just be like so rude uh, to to bring that up. I mean, I, I'm sure he's gotten that enough in his life. I wasn't going to add to it. Scott Norwood's a really nice guy. I'm not going to say anything bad about Scott Norwood. He missed a kick. That doesn't make him a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Now Tyler Bass, on the other hand. I'm sorry. He raised four hundred thousand dollars for the Ten Lives Club. So there's that. Tom, you have a nice day, and if you can find one of those planes with the doors don't fall off, I might have, you might have a ticket fire here. Uh, uh, well, no, I mean there are no there are no jets to be had that would you know hold the capacity I would need to hold in order to make it a profitable endeavor. Um, Thank you very much. I appreciate the call. But, yeah, that's what I've been doing in my off hours. I have been on the phone with airline after airline after airline. And you know what it's like trying to do business these days. Thank you for calling such and such airlines. To do this, press 1. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Our menu options have recently changed. Please listen to every option before making your selection. And then they go through nine different options, none of which are the charter department you want. But, yes, I was going to charter a 737 Max Series, and it would have cost me forty-five to 50000 just for the jet and the pilot and the crew. And it was going to cost a little bit more because it'd have to go through a third-party vendor. But I figured I'd sell out the plane pretty easily, and it would be a nice little, uh, yeah, nice little uh, uh, bump. But I, I, I tried and I failed to find a jet. See, the airlines I think beat me to it. At least one airline is offering Eclipse flights. But uh, you know, I tried, I tried, and I, I wasn't going to gouge people either. I just wanted a fair profit, not a ridiculous profit. But. Uh, it's just it isn't going to happen, and I certainly am, don't have the dough to go out and buy my own 737. And I think um, one of the airlines has a whole bunch of 737 MAX series uh, on – basically, they, they've been built, and they're waiting for their airworthiness certificates. Now, if those airworthiness certificates had been issued – um, maybe it would have been different, but I think there's like 50 737 Max waiting to be certified by the FAA, and you know, uh, hey, I tried, I tried my best, but uh, I failed. It was going to take off. The plan was it was going to take off from Buffalo about uh, 45 minutes prior to the eclipse, and it was going to be about a two-hour flight, and it was going to come back to Buffalo, and it was going to cost, again, it was going to start at about forty-five, fifty thousand 50000 plus some extra fees for the third-party vendors uh, and insurance and probably to set up an, uh, an LLC or something. But I figured it would be worth the aggravation, but uh, you know, it, it is not, uh, it's not going to happen. But I thought it was a hell of an idea, personally. <laughs> uh, 803-0930. You know, um, our caller brings up a very interesting point. And I, look, I hope you will forgive me for being um, – see, you can call it negative. I call it realistic. And o- over <laughs> over the years living in Buffalo, 
it does something to you. And all I can tell you is, and I don't know, is there anybody else out there when the Bills were on top over Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium with 13 seconds left, when all of your friends were going nuts saying, yeah, the Bills are going to win. Yeah, Super Bowl, here we come. I was with about 20 people. I was the only person. I stayed on the couch. I did not move. I, I was the one person who said, hey, guys, there are 13 seconds left in this game. I'm from Buffalo. It ain't over until it's over. And I'd paraphrase Al Swearingen from Deadwood, but I think he throws an expletive that I can't use uh, into the expression, don't count your chickens. And sure enough, the Chiefs come back and they win the game. And there wasn't a smile to be seen in Buffalo for about a week after. In fact, that night, I remember driving home and it – you know, I, I, I don't know exactly what the emotion was. It, it wasn't shock because, I'm sorry, I've seen this before with Wide Right, okay, which was, and, and no goal. I, I've seen this movie before. It was more like a, um, how do I say this, a dejected acceptance of the reality that we just can't have nice things and we're never going to have nice things. Now, look, I hope, I mean, the sun is not a sporting event. Although, um, what you don't know that I know is Terry Pagula actually owns the Sun. Um, I, I, I know. We know he owns the Bills. We know he owns the Sabres. Terry Pagula owns the Sun. We're not going to see the Eclipse because he's decided to build a dome around the Sun. Uh, not the stadium, but around the you're – not, you're not buying that? Because <laughs> I just made it up. Now, Terry Pagula does not own the Sun. Let's not be silly. Uh, but anyway um, – do you expect that the eclipse is going to be awesome or is it going to be a bust? And I'm sorry, I've lived here all but three years of my life, 57 years total. I've been here for every single sports disappointment that we have experienced and a whole bunch of other disappointments. And I have just come to accept the fact that if something can go wrong, it will go wrong because it's what we do in Western New York. And I know that that might, oh, that's a horrible attitude to have. But look, I, I extend that to my own life as well. Um, it, it, I, I just, you can call it being a pessimist. I, I call it being a realist. 803-0930 is the phone number. And something else, too. Um, that I want to ask you about. And I want to hear from some ladies, because so far it's been a total sausage fest, which surprises me, uh, especially considering all of the uh, astrology-loving people who called in when my ex-wife Cassandra Joan Butler is on doing the astrological stuff. But um, do you think that our attitude has anything to do with the fact that uh, we always seem to be disappointed with something that we really want? Do you think that our attitude rubs off on the players and that subconsciously uh, things happen because the players kind of subconsciously expect them to happen? And again, if you go back and you watch the Von Miller video at the beginning of the season, which ended with 13 seconds in Kansas City, it is especially ironic. I go back, I watch that video periodically, and I say, oh, 
Vaughn, why did you put that video up? You just, you cursed the entire region with that. Anyway, by the way, I, I'm happy to say that my statistics were not that far from Von Miller's statistics for the Buffalo Bills this year. Okay, just saying. Uh, it is uh, 326 at News Radio 930 WBEN, and I cost a lot less. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. The eclipse, is it going to be awesome, or are you expecting, as I am, to, to have it be a rainy, drizzly, crappy April day in Buffalo? which is the norm. And again, look, the statistics, the science says we're the third cloudiest city in America. So what are the chances of one day, April 8th, we're actually going to get sunshine and an unobstructed view of the eclipse? And if I was betting on it, I'd say, we're not going to see it. Now, am I, could I be wrong? Absolutely, I could be wrong. But what does your gut tell you? And do you think that our attitude does have anything to do with the results we see, especially on the ice and on the gridiron? Uh, that's an interesting concept. I wonder how you are on that. Uh, hey, just remember the Boston Red Sox. Nobody thought they'd ever win a World Series. Look what happened to them. 803-0930, at least in our generation. Uh, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. It is uh, Bowerly. I want to know, on a scale of 0 to 10, how excited you are about the eclipse. I'm between a 0 and a 1 because I just don't think we're going to see it. I think it's going to be a cloudy, gloomy, miserable, rainy day. Why? Because it's April and it's Western New York and it's what we do. Trying to figure out what this has to do with the eclipse. Um, if Kurt Cobain were alive today, how would he feel about the eclipse? And would he come to Buffalo to watch it? <laughs> but he'd be here in a private jet. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome. It is uh, Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, good to be with you um, on this uh, Wednesday midweek. And, uh, you know, I'm hearing a lot of coverage about the eclipse and a lot of excitement about the eclipse and a lot of uh, the um, Chamber of Commerce types talking about, my goodness, we're going to have an influx of people into Buffalo. Isn't it going to be marvelous? And the uh, part of me is thinking, yeah, it's going to be kind of cool to have that many people. Gee, I wonder if it's enough to convince the NFL to have a Super Bowl in Buffalo. Uh, probably not. Um <laughs> For obvious reasons, January, it tends to be a little bit nasty in uh, Buffalo and the Super Bowl. The uh, NFL likes nice, clean, uh, well-choreographed, predictable things. But anyway, um, talking to you about the eclipse of April 8th, it's going to attract a lot of people. And some of the hotel rooms, even in the, I don't even want to say the exburbs, but I guess I, even in rural western New York, uh-huh, some of the hotel rooms are going for uh, absurd amounts of money. Maybe some of the hotel owners wish uh, they'd held out a little bit longer. They probably could have charged more. But I have this horrible feeling in my gut, which is based on decades of experience with Buffalo in April, that we're going to have all these people <laughs> coming to the Queen City, and it's going to be a dud I mean, the eclipse will happen, but it's going to happen um, over a very thick deck of clouds, probably with a lot of rain, because what does it do in April? A lot. It rains. April showers bring May flowers. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, 
I'm just I'm just saying I I want to be excited about it, but um, you know I I feel that there's about as much chance of uh, of uh, our being able to see the eclipse through clouds as there is of Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer popping up outside my house saying, "Tom, I'm Rudolph. How you doing?" Um, and that that might be I don't know I might I might I might bet on Rudolph making an appearance more than that. But eight oh three oh nine thirty is the phone number. Are you excited about the eclipse? Do you think we're going to be able to see it? Uh, do you think I'm being unduly negative, uh, or do you think, based on your experiences with April in Buffalo, that uh, yep, yeah, it's going to be kind of cool to have all those people, but my fear is that all those people are going to go home and they're going to say, yeah, we went to western New York for the – well, they're going to say we went to Buffalo for the eclipse and um, it rained, so we sat around and drank uh, – we drank Bloody Marys all day. 803-0930 is the – not that there's anything wrong with that. 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. And we've had a couple of people already who've called in who've actually seen eclipses, including Mark, who's a bit of a um, an astronomy geek, which is cool, uh, and somebody else who saw it when a plane was taking off from Atlanta and cleared the cloud deck, and then uh, people saw the eclipse – Unfortunately, the airline did not supply eclipse glasses, so most of those people on that flight are now actually legally blind. Little known fact. Uh, but 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. And look, I, I must confess that I am particularly um, neurotic about my eyes. And those of you who have listened to the show uh, for any period of time know why, because I came very close to losing the vision in my right eye with a totally detached retina. And the doctors marvel. They marvel at how good I see, how well I see with my right eye now, because they told me afterwards, yeah, we we didn't really have a lot of high hopes that you were going to be able to see like this. Uh, and I'm an outlier. I Yes, I, I'm actually an outlier. Very, very few people get the kind of vision um, with a fully detached retina that I have been able to have uh, restored um, to me. And, hey, there are a whole bunch of surgeries involved, and my eye <laughs> looked uh, blood red for quite some time. But uh, it was uh, it was worth it. And it was even worth walking around with the uh, patch over the eye and having people say, "Arg!" And by the way, I met, 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 uh, made mention of it at the time. But, you know, when you see somebody with an eye patch, they're not doing it because they think it's a good look. They're doing it for a very good reason. They might have had eye surgery. They might have lost an eye and the, the glass eye didn't work out and they don't want to gross people out. So the it, you know, it would be like... It would be like seeing somebody in a wheelchair and saying, so, you think you're ever going to get out of that thing? It's like there are just some things you just don't do. Now, among close friends, it's a totally, it's a different story. I mean, they can say arg all they want, and they can even put a fake parrot on your shoulder, and it's probably okay. But uh, just when you see somebody with an eye patch saying arg, um, put yourself in their shoes. They didn't ask to be... Uh, injured in the eye, and I literally know a guy who uh, has had all sorts of eye problems. Not No, not myself, but I know a guy who's had all sorts of eye problems and all sorts of eye surgeries, and his vision is in real jeopardy. And I kid you not, this guy, he's got the worst luck of almost anybody I've ever known. He was at a party, 
and he was sitting by some balloons. And this is a one in a million chance. One of the balloons blew up, exploded, and where do you think the balloon, where do you think the force of the explosion brought the balloon? Right into his already severely damaged eye. Like, when I heard that story, I wanted to cry because I've been there, I know what it's like, and you think, so I guess where this is all leading to is even though uh, there's some talk of putting me outside for the eclipse, um, I do not anticipate looking up at the sun, even with eclipse glasses. Uh, You can do as you please, um, do as your doctor suggests, but frankly, I'm just not going to take any chances at all with my eyesight because... I came too close to losing an eye to ever take vision for granted again. And every single day, I kid you not, every single day, I thank the creator um, and I thank the doctors in my own mind for the work they did to uh, give me vision in my right eye. Not just vision, but excellent vision in my uh, in my right eye. I don't even I don't even need glasses when I drive. That's how good the vision is. So. Um, that's, that's not bad. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess with it for a, for an eclipse. I'll, I'll watch, I'll see the pictures. The pictures are safe at which to look. Okay. Uh, but I want your take on whether, on how excited you are about the eclipse. And frankly, I wish, look, I wish I could sit here and say, oh, this is going to be great. I'm so excited. This is fabulous. This is the greatest thing ever to happen in our lifetimes. But I'm sorry, I know April and I know Buffalo, and we're already the third cloudiest city in the entire United States. So what are the odds of one day when something super cool is going to be happening, what are the odds that we're actually going to be able to see it? And I I don't know if the casino is taking bets on will we be able to see the eclipse from such and such point, but I would bet heavily against that unless you are in a plane above the clouds, personally. But uh, look, that's that's me. That's just the way I, uh, I approach life. I never, I, you know, I, I always, uh, you know, you hope for the best, but let's see. You hope for the best, but you also prepare for the worst. For some cases, you just expect the worst. Like anytime there's a Buffalo sports team involved in a major game in the playoffs, I just expect the worst. Like, oh, there's an unexpected fumble. Oh, my goodness, there's another fumble. And what a comeback. Oh, they go down to defeat. That's what I That's what I expect. Maybe that rubs off on players. I don't know. But, I again, if you go back online and you watch the Von Miller um, pre-13-second season video, uh, we know you've been disappointed in the past, but this is a different team. No, it, you're right, Vaughn. It was a different team. It was a team that blew a game with 13 seconds left without ever satisfactorily explaining the decision to do what they did on kickoff, and nobody got in trouble for it, and everybody came back, and it was like, are you kidding me? But anyway, I digress. Uh, let me give you the phone number. I, I would love to be excited about the eclipse, but I'm not excited about the eclipse because – my own personal opinion is I don't think we're going to see it. And and in true, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take it one step further so, so, so you can really hate me and say horrible things about me, okay? I'm going to say that with our luck, here, here's the way I see this playing out, with our luck. And you have to laugh. Look, if you followed the Bills or Sabres, you have to laugh at what I'm about to say. Well, you don't have to, but uh, you'll certainly relate to it. The morning of April 8th will probably be totally cloudless, blue sky, 
sunshine, absolute perfection of weather. And then about 1 o'clock, start to see some clouds coming in over the lake. 2 o'clock, a few more clouds. And by the 3 o'clock hour, for totality, it will be completely overcast. I would be willing to say that that is what... Tanner, I hope you're recording this and you got to put this in a file. You got to put it in a file we can play on April 8th, and then I'll have people wanting to lynch me. What else is new? It's going to start out probably absolutely gorgeous, and we're going to think, yeah, today is the big day of the eclipse. And then gradually, the closer we get to the time of the eclipse, the greater the probability is that the skies become completely covered with clouds. And um, you think about this very moment, and you despise me. Uh, 803-0930 is the uh, – I mean, does that not sound like a Buffalo, Western New York scenario? Does that not – Tanner, you're a young man. It, uh, people, you're in your early 20s. Are people in your your generation, talking about you, 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 your generation, are they excited? about the eclipse or is it just the nbd yeah not uh that's not something that people my age talk a lot about like that frankly the only time that i think about the eclipse is when i come into work and i hear you and you know the rest of our news team talking about it um really yep uh, okay now you originally are not from this area but the psychology of the uh, of the buffalo area you've been around long enough to understand pardon me, to understand the psychology of, of this area. And I'm curious if what I am saying makes any sense to you at this moment. Oh, yeah, it makes complete sense. Like, I'm approaching this eclipse the same way I would approach anything in life. Like, I hope for a good outcome, but I'm not necessarily expecting one. Like, it's funny how you brought up the Bills and the Sabres earlier, because I would hope that each of them can win the championship in their respective sports, but I always expect that that is uh, not going to happen. And it's the same with the Eclipse. Like, I hope that we can all view the Eclipse without any obstruction from anything Mother Nature might have to offer, but it's April in Buffalo. Like, we're bound to have something. Clouds, rain, hell, it might even snow for all we know. (laughs) We get a tornado. Um, all right, thank you, Tanner. I'm, I'm glad to see that uh, you and I are on the same page. We're both uh, clearly depressives. Uh, let's get back to the calls on WBEN. Chris in uh, Pendleton on WBEN. Uh, Chris, you are on the air. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. What's on your mind? Hi, Tom. I got an alternative to this, looking at the sun through the eyepiece of a telescope. You know, if something happens, you could get burned by it and stuff. But if you take that, virtually any small telescope, binoculars, something like that, and basically just set it up all by itself and don't do any looking into the telescope, but just get a piece of white cardboard and project the image from the eyepiece back onto the cardboard. It's perfectly safe, and, uh, you know, you get a good view of the sun. Or a great view of the clouds, which will obscure the sun. That's. Well, what do you what do you think is what do you think is going to happen that day? Do you think we're actually going to see the eclipse, or is it going to be a dud? It's it's a fifty fifty thing. I think they they talk about fifty two fifty two percent possibility, and you got to go with that. But. I, I can't go with that. I've lived through too many Aprils in Buffalo to believe 52% probability of seeing the sun, of seeing the eclipse. Yeah. Well, I've been an amateur astronomer for 67 years, and uh, 
it uh, requires a lot of disappointments. Well, yeah, I would imagine. I mean, uh, where where do they where do they put the biggest telescopes and the most powerful telescopes in the world in Buffalo? No, probably, really do uh, not. Probably near the equator, down near uh, oh Chile or. Uh, well, Mount Palomar was, uh, for a while, the uh, stunning, and the Griffith Observatory were uh, yeah. some big ones. I think here we've got one big telescope, as at the Kellogg Observatory, the uh, Science Museum, is it? Yeah, that's an 8-inch refractor. Yeah. Well, 8 inches doesn't sound like much, and, well, yes, it does. Uh, but anyway, uh, Chris, thanks very much. I appreciate the uh, suggestion. Uh, although I am uh, doubtful that, uh, I mean, I'm doubtful that we're going to see anything, frankly. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about the uh, eclipse as we get closer to April 8th. And I, look, I hope that I'm absolutely wrong. I'm just going to say that even if we do get blue skies and sunshine, I'm just, I'm not going to stare at the sun even with uh, the, was it ISO approved glasses? I'm just not going to do it. Because, and y- you can do as you please, but uh, when it comes to the eyes, I become very, very um, neurotic about the eyes. Seriously, like take take an arm, but don't take an eye. Uh, just my left arm because it's kind of worthless right now anyway. And I tried to lift 20, thir- I tried to do 30 pounds today and I couldn't get it up. Wait, let me rephrase that. Um, I had to take a break from the hernia surgery, and for some reason, the shoulder just is not cooperating, so I'm going to have I can't believe, I mean, seriously, I like to lift weights. Do you know how embarrassing that is? I mean, to not even be able to do that? Ah. Anyway, I think I need a cortisone injection. So uh, Tanner Saunders, uh, the man behind the glass at News Radio 930 WBEN. What do you think of my, uh, my my prediction, which is based only on a hunch? There's no science whatsoever behind this that the day of the eclipse is gonna it's going to dawn blue skies, cloudless, sun in the air, birds chirping, robins digging out the worms, probably picking them off the sidewalk, um, and then as the day moves on. It's going to become increasingly cloudy and probably totally overcast by the time the eclipse gets underway. Does that sound about right? Oh, yeah, I think that's spot on. It'll, that's like the 13 seconds for us. In the, <laughs> in how, right. how yeah, that's going to be no our, our 13 seconds because it can never be like it can't just be like 8 a.m. It's cloudy and then it stays cloudy the rest of the day. Like they got to give us that hope and then it'll be ripped away from us at the last minute. Nobody pulls defeat from the jaws of victory like buffalo and i think that'll be the case with the eclipse therefore that makes your prediction spot on well of course it's a prediction and we don't know if it's spot on and i hope it's wrong i i i cannot stress this enough i hope that it is wrong because i don't want hundreds of thousands of people going home saying yeah went to buffalo for the eclipse what a waste of money that was we just spent the time in a bar day drinking then again day drinking in buffalo eh, there's worse things to do Yep, I'm I'm with you there. Like I said, I hope that we're wrong and that it's just not a cloud in the sky throughout the entire day and we get an unobstructed view, but just got to got to take that with a grain of salt cuz it is April in Buffalo, so yeah, it's got to be something. It's always something. Now, Tanner, something I've never talked to you about even off the air. Do you cornhole? I have before. It's not something I do regularly, but you know, at a at a party or whatever, camping out, I enjoy it. So once once every now and again you do cornhole. Yes. 
And are you any good at cornhole? Um, I mean, I've had my one-off performances, but generally I would say I'm not that great. But every dog has its day. That's good. That's good. I mean, uh, cornhole is uh, it's okay every now and again. Um, two Colorado teenagers, I bring it up because two Colorado teenagers have become the first students ever to win scholarships to play cornhole in college, and it's going to cover 60% of their tuition. Why it doesn't cover 100%, I don't know. Uh, both of them are back-to-back Cornhole League National High School champions, and they've been signed to play on Winthrop University's newly formed cornhole team in South Carolina. And uh, interestingly, uh, for a couple of cornholers, they're going to be roommates at school, so they'll have a lot to talk about. Man, well, if I had known that uh, being an expert cornhole player could have gotten could have gotten me that far, I probably would have spent a lot more time honing my skills over the years. If I had known that I'd be able to say cornhole on the radio uh, 40 years ago, uh, life might have been a little bit different. Uh, but it certainly has taken on a different meaning than when I was a kid. Um, anyway, it is, well, when I was a kid, it was more agricultural, you see. Uh, it had to do with uh, America's uh, heartland and crops and wheat and corn and things like that. <clears throat> anyway, it is uh, 4.13 at News Radio 930 WBEN. I uh, want to shift gears here and... Uh, I want to have a little bit of fun with you guys because uh, one of the things that uh, you men and women like, I've come to realize over the years, is, well, when I'm not here. But more than that, one of the things that you've come to like uh, over the years is words. And I happen to love words. Words, to me, are like tools. See, if you're a carpenter, you got to have your saw, your tape measure, You've got to have all those carpenter things, a hammer, nails. And doing what I do for a living, words are my toolbox. And everybody's got 50-cent words that they love to bring out in conversation. Okay? Everybody does. I, I do. I have words that I love to break out, especially like medical words. I really enjoy breaking those out. Um, especially when people in medicine say, who don't really know me say, oh, are, are you a doctor, sir? Like, ha-ha, just one of these days I want to say yes. Yes, actually I am. Um, I went to Harvard. I never went into Harvard, but I was at Harvard. Um, but anyway, um, what I want to find out from you guys, and I, this, I'm, I'm taking a chance. This is going to be, again, I guess it's Take a Chance Wednesday. This is either going to be an all-time outstanding, phenomenal show, or it's going to suck water, canal water at that. But give me some of your favorite big words. You might have picked them up in college. You might have pissed. Uh, you might. You might have picked them up along the way, uh, as opposed to being pissed off. Uh, you might have uh, picked them up along the way. You. Um, uh, you you whip them out when people least expect it. In fact, you might even say, you have that hot key ready, Tanner, to go? You might even say before you use the word, Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> uh, there are words that are just awesome. Words that just make you sound so smart. 
And the beautiful thing, such as myself, you don't have to be the sharpest pencil in the box to whip out some big words and have people think that you're a lot smarter than you really are. Um, One of the first big words that I think many of us learned when we were in elementary school, I know we did um, at Brighton Elementary, one of the first big words we learned was onomatopoeia. Onomatopoeia is such a great word. It's fun to say, onomatopoeia. And it basically refers to a word that sounds like that to which it is referring. And um, I was the one kid in the group who said, oh, you mean like, and I used the P word. Um, And uh, I got in trouble for it. Yes, technically, but that's incorrect. You're not being very, not appropriate. That was not very nice, Mr. Bowerly. Like, oops, guess I got an early start, huh? So onomatopoeia is just a great, that, that's one of those great words that you can whip out and people will remember it. Another one of which I'm quite fond uh, was actually taught to me on the air. Somebody said, so Tom, do you know what avuncular means? And at the time, I didn't have a clue. I'm not exactly a walking dictionary. Some people think I am, but I'm not because let me tell you something. The more, let me, tell, let me tell you something that's very frustrating. The more you learn in life, the more you realize you don't know. I'll, I'll say that again. The more you learn in life, the more you realize you don't know. And as somebody who uses words, I don't like it when I don't know a word. But you probably have some words that I don't know that are big words. Now, avuncular means like an uncle, like an uncle. Uh, For example, to Tanner Saunders, I am an avuncular fellow. I'm like an uncle to Tanner. And who knows? I could be Tanner's dad. You never know. I mean, it's a small world. Um, Let's see. Oh, another word that is great to whip out. Wait, I think we need the hotkey again. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Uh, Another word that's great, especially in a medical setting, is iatrogenic. Iatrogenic. I love that word. And what it basically means is a disease or something really bad to your health that's caused by medicine or a doctor. Iatrogenic. It's the basic meaning of it. Iatrogenic. Great word. Love the word. Um, I want to hear your big words that you whip out when you want to uh, impress people. Like, a word that you use and people say, I have no idea what you mean. Come on. I know you've got them. I know you have them. 803-0930 is the phone number. I say we have some fun with words today. Uh, 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. What was that other word uh, that uh, they used it a lot at UB? Schadenfreude, where you uh, take joy. It's German. Uh, where you take joy out of somebody else's uh, misfortune or unluck. Um, Kind of a sick thing. Um, 803-0930. I want to hear what big words you know and the circumstances under which you use the big words. The words that leave people wide-eyed like saucers or looking at you like a freshly born calf. Like, I don't know what that means. 
803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And there's going to be words that you guys are going to use, and I'm not going to I'm not gonna know what, it, what they mean, but I'll, I'll write them down. Um, here's Bill in Batavia on WBEN. Bill, it's, it's uh, going to have some fun with words here, Mr. Scrabble. You're on WBEN. Hey, Tom. All right, yes, this comes from learning, uh, well, a pickup line in, from my youth. Now, the word is calipigian. Calipigian? And, First of all, can, can you turn the radio off? Bill, oh, I don't even know. Something's on right, the that, background. Is that better? I'm on speaker. Hold up. Yeah, so, something something definitely is uh, echoing in the background. I'd like to think it's my own dulcet tones. Okay, so you're going to have to spell that for me. C A L L I P Y G I A N. Calipigian. Um, I have no idea, dude. I'm stumped. What does it mean? Having a well shaped buttocks. <laughs> See, if Al Capone had used that word instead of. Baby, you've got a great ass. And I mean that as a compliment. He never would have gotten the name Scarface. Yeah, um, that could very well be. Yep. You know, that, that's, how, that's how Capone got slashed across the face by Frank Galluccio. He insulted the man's sister. There was no retribution because <laughs> Capone was out of line. Seriously. Uh, but anyway, ah. ca- calipigeon really means having a well-shaped buttocks. Yeah, if you use it, if you were to tell a young lady... Uh, let me see here. Your pulchritude is intimidating, but your calipigian physique is enticing. Oh, pulchritude is something I picked up from Archie Comics. That was uh, a fancy yeah. word for beauty. Beauty. Right. Right. Uh, and then you could you could make it even longer pulchritudinous if you want to. You can have fun with the English language a lot. <laughs> I, I love. I'm going to look that up to make sure you're not hosing me here. Calipigian. That's a I, I just awesome. did. I had to. Yeah, I had to check the spelling myself because I only learned the word. But yeah, that's it. That is absolutely, yes, having beautifully shaped buttocks. <laughs> that is great. All right, that, that's exactly, now that doesn't have to denote a, a, any anatomical significance when you call in, but I, I am definitely incorporating that word, calipigian. Oh, absolutely. In fact, that sounds like a sounds like a woman's name, doesn't it? I'd like you to meet my daughter, Calipigian Bowerly. Ooh, I don't know about that. Uh, Calipigian Bowerly, attorney at law. Uh, all right, Bill, thank you very much. Uh, did he just say that about his daughter? Yeah, well, she's got a six sense of humor, too. Um, and believe me, she gives it back as good as she gets it. Let's go to traffic on WBEN. Uh, I, I very much enjoy women uh, who are uh, Calipigian in nature. I don't even notice those who uh, are pendulous in the uh, – oh, never mind. All right. Uh, the big words that you hold in reserve. Calipigeon is awesome. That is going into my little word book that I keep. Uh, let's go to uh, Chuck in Chicktawaga. Chuck, uh, what what word is the one you whip out when you want to uh, impress people? I, I I whipped it out, but I didn't want to impress anybody. I thought they knew what the meaning was. They were teaching me how to play euchre, and I kind of knew how to play euchre, like a little bit of it. When they were going through it, and I said, okay, that's all. I told them, I said, that's all I need to know is the minutia of the game. My sister-in-law pulled her phone out right away, and she goes, I don't even think that's a word. No. And I said, well, look it up. I mean, the two phones came out there, and it says what I described it as, just the, like the details of the game, like the subtleties of the game or the minutia of the game. Oh, my yeah, goodness. My sister-in-law, 
Yeah, she did not believe that was even a word, which was oh, cool. You, okay, I, I've got one for you that's kind of like minutia. It's recondite. Recondite. It, 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 it's a word. It's kind of like minutia. Recondite. R-E-C-O-N-D-I-T-E. Recondite. Something that is very, very difficult to understand or something which deals with uh, uh, something which is rather um, obscure or little known. Recondite. So if you're talking about um, atomic bombs, would be a recondite? Like, I don't know, like the deep, like, like the, something like that. Like, how do you put it in a sentence? Uh, how would you put it into a sentence? Okay. Well, uh, we could talk about the uh, recondite areas of, uh, of, of English common law as practiced by Henry VIII. Um, <laughs> recondite. It, it, look, look it up. Make that word your own. It's almost like minutia. It's almost like minutia. And when you said minutia, I immediately thought of recondite. I'll write it down. Uh, y- use it. Make recondite your friend. Spell it again. R e c o n d i t e. Recondite. I'll look it up. Oh, dude, Next you're gonna love playing the game. Yeah. Oh, abs- absolutely. That, that'll that floor funny. almost everybody. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, you could, you could also say uh, a, a little-known and quite recondite area of the law, and I guarantee that 99.9% of the people have no idea what the hell you just said. But, see, if you, if you learn some big words that few people know, I'm just going to tell you, people are going to think you're smarter than you really are. I've been playing that game for 40 years on here. <laughs> it's uh, 426 at News Radio 930 WBEN. God, the show started the hour with cornhole, and now we're at uh, Recondite. You never know what's going to happen on this program on News Radio 930 WBEN. Oh. Thank you, uh, Tanner Saunders, behind the glass. It is Bowerly. I never know what he's going to do unless I specifically inform him. Uh, it is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome to the program. Uh, good to be with you. And uh, we're talking about the 50 cent words that you use to blow people away. You might have picked them up in college, you might have picked them up from somebody uh, that uh, you thought, wow, they're very intelligent, incredible vocabulary. Like uh, calipigian. I've never heard calipigian before to describe magnificent buttocks. Calipigian. Oh, outstanding. Outstanding. Um, 803-0930 is the phone number. What, what, come on, what, what is your big word or, or words, those of you who are wordaholics? 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And uh, this is uh, Pam on WBEN. Um, in a cell, well, she's not in a cell phone. There'd be very cramped quarters. Pam, on a cell phone, uh, WBEN. Hello, my love. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn, I swore I'd never do that. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. (laughs) I always listen to people. I'm like, stop it. They tell you not to. Anyway. Wait, 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 wait. Who? Okay, but here's the thing. It's like I tell Tanner, if if uh, he makes a mistake, which never happens, I, I ask him, I say, Tanner, how many people died because of what you just did? 
And he looks at me and he says, none. I said, therefore, it is not a big deal. We move on. I make mistakes all the time. And you know what? <laughs> Nobody dies. So it's, it, it's all good. I know you mean, I know you mean well, uh, but, yeah. two, but uh, the thing, like the, the thing that, that gets me, and I think this started with uh, one of the uh, radio psychologists, uh, thank you for taking my call. I don't know when that started, but uh, that's the one that always gets me. Like, okay, actually, I'm thanking you for calling because otherwise I'd be talking to myself. So it's actually <laughs> thank you for calling would be more appropriate. But anyway, what's on your mind? Um, I just had a re- – someone brought to mind a story. I was looking at something with a friend of mine, and I said, it's weird how it's so gelatinous. Oh. And she said – what is that? What does that mean? And I said, jello And she said, well, then why do you use such big words? Just say jello <laughs> Oh, gelatinous. I a very big word. <laughs> G- gelatinous is a great word. And it, it brings yeah. to mind, it. you know, another great word is viscous. It's very yes. viscous. For example, uh, testosterone injection fluid is very viscous. You use that word, man. You've graduated into a whole different realm of vocabulary. Viscous, gelatinous is outstanding. Do you remember the context in which you used the word gelatinous? Yeah, we were we were looking at, um, I believe, a food, and and it wasn't probably supposed to be gelatinous. <laughs> huh. Huh. And I, you know, it wasn't supposed to be jelloey, but it was. And you don't remember what food that might have been? No, we were working in a school. And you know that leaves a lot of doors open. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Now you sound like a lady who loves her words. Do you have another one with which you want to hit us? Maybe one that has baffled a friend, or one that you think is kind of cool that you keep in your arsenal of linguistic ability. Well, it's not it's not the most impressive word, but it was charming when I impressed my husband before we were ever married, and we just were dating, and we were having a bit of a, a row, and I used the term ergo. And he just was floored. He was so thrilled that I used the word ergo in an argument. And argument ended because he realized that you had a brain. There you go. <laughs> That's a, did, did the argument instantly come to a stop the minute you said ergo? It turned a corner anyway. It didn't necessarily stop, but it did catch his attention, yes. Oh, that's that's outstanding. There are other words which will stop an argument in its track, but I wouldn't recommend anybody use them. <laughs> Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Um, 50 cent words that you whip out to well, impress people or maybe you've baffled people. And uh, I'm, I'm quite taken with the very first call today. Calipigian to describe very well-formed buttocks. Uh, Mike in Orchard Park, you are on WBEN. Hello. Hey, Tom. How are you today? Yes, sir. Uh, the, the word I have is metacognition. Ooh, metacognition. Uh, is yes, there a sir. dash between meta and cognition? No, just M-E-T-A-C-O-G-N-I-T-I-O-N. It is the awareness of one's thought processes and the understanding of the patterns behind them, basically why we think how we do. Oh, that is awesome. Metacognition. How did you uh, stumble across that particular word, and how do you use it? I don't use it. Um, (laughs) Sadly enough, I believe my daughter was about 14 at the time, and uh, 
you know, as, as fathers and daughters oft do, uh, we were having a conversation in where she was telling me basically how much smarter she was than me. And um, that's a word she dropped on me and walked away, and I had to go look it up. And um, so here we are many years later, six years later. Okay, that's really dirty, pool. Um, have you yeah. gotten even with her over the years by whipping out one of your own? Well, she's in college now, and, and Mom and I control the checkbook. So in other ways, yes. Oh. That's that's great. Um, you know, there are so many there are so many great words like uh, at, at UB when a professor would use a word and I didn't know what it meant. I would always write it down and then go home and, and look it up. A- another great medical word is idiopathic. Idiopathic. Ooh, oh, it's like, yeah, we don't have a we don't have another one. With you. OK, can I, can I drop another one on you? Absolutely. I don't have the definition, but in, in memory and honor of the late, great Tom Joles, you can't forget salubrious. Oh, salubrious. Um, just based on the context in which Mr. Joles used it, um, uh, let's see, beautiful, beautiful incredible, web. awesome, yeah, delightful, yeah. pleasing to the senses. Let's see. Uh, let's, let's look it up online and uh, find out together what the official definition of salubrious might be. I wonder, uh, uh, the late Tom Joles wonder how he picked that up along the way. Salubrious. Uh, uh, salubrious definition. Um, let's see. Oh, health-giving. Healthy. Pleasant. Not right. run down. Okay. All right. On, on the right track there. There we go. S- salubrious. All right. Thank you very much. Great word. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. Uh, okay. Talking about uh, the 50-cent words you whip out. Yeah, Tom Joles used to say salubrious a lot. Uh, when the weather was really super outside. Here is uh, Frank in Holland on WBEN. Frank, hello. You know, I was trying to find a polite term for politicians, and the the, the two that came up were disingenuous and pharisaic. Oh, okay, let's start with disingenuous. That basically means the person's a liar. Pretty much, but they say one thing and polite and believe it, and they, they try to impress you with it. And then they're doing the exact opposite. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, okay. you're not. <laughs> yeah, uh, disingenuous is is a phenomenal word. Love the word disingenuous. And the other one, you're gonna. I want you to spell that for us all. It's P H A R A S A I C, Pharisaic. It's basically self-righteous bullies, and that's all oh. I can think of with, with politicians again. Oh, like like uh, Mark Polencar's is Pharisaic, <laughs> and 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 I had to think of a polite way to insult them to do that. And yeah, I would say so. Yeah, most most uh, politicians and a number of their followers are they're so self righteous and they bully you into what they want. And you know, it's just disingenuous hypocritically pious. I love it. Pharisaic. Oh, that's great. I'm sure it uh, derives from the Pharisees of biblical times. It is. Uh, it is. And then there's always Pharisaical, if you want to make it even longer. He was very Pharisaical. And Pharisaic. yeah, it's a great word. I love using it. Sometimes I, I have a brain fart and I can't pronounce it right, but it, it fits politicians so well, especially Democrats. Uh, when you're disingen- talking about self-righteousness. 
disingenuous and pharisaic. Great words to describe, yeah, the political class in America. Frank, uh, thank you very much. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. And uh, Tanner, I uh, do you have any Tanner in the uh, Tanner Saunders arsenal? Have you any words that uh, would be outstanding in a conversation? I think my favorite fifty cent word is circumlocution. Oh, talking around something. Yeah, I learned that word in Spanish class, which I find funny because I'd spent like seven years between middle and high school taking Spanish, and the most memorable thing I were, uh, learned was an English word. But yeah, circumlocution, that's uh, a word they taught us because if you didn't know the actual word of what you were saying, just find you know a way around it to describe what that word meant if you couldn't come up with it in Spanish. I always like, I always like what Tony Soprano would say in the TV show. Forget the preamble. I don't need the preamble. I mean, I had a half a semester of college, so I understand Freud as a concept. One of the funniest lines in The Sopranos. Um, all right, uh, Tanner, thank you for your input into the program. Talking about uh, big words that you use to wow the crowd. I like Tanner's circumlocution. That's a great one. Um, professors like to use that one a lot. Here's Bobby in Depew on WBEN. Bobby, hello. Hi, Tom. How are you? Yes, ma'am. I did it. Uh, my word is superfluous. Oh, superfluous is a great word. Isn't it? Like not germane okay, to, like not germane to, oh, yeah. meaningless, superfluous. Right. The funny thing is when I use big words, my fiance is always like, who do you think you are, Tom Bowerly? Oh, jeez. No, there's words. I, 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 Come on, I'd never heard of uh, Calipigian ever. Me either. I read a lot. I've never heard that word, but I'm it's going a real to word. Use it now. <laughs> I looked it up. Oh, I'm definitely going to look. I'm definitely going to use that word. Are you kidding me? How can I not? Um, so superfluous. Do you have another one, Bobby? Um, pedantic, which is what we're talking about right now. I mean pedantic. Pedantic. Yes. Uh, what What is your definition of pedantic? Not to mention being um, a pedant. Using, like, extra, well, using big words when unnecessary. Um, I, I think big words can be fun. I think so, too. But that's just a word that kind of goes in flow with what we're doing here. Um, yeah, and uh, I hope well, you certainly aren't a pedant, um, which sounds too close to pedophile for my liking, but uh, thank you very much, Bobby. I appreciate uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, here is uh, Jim in Williamsville. Jim, you're on WBN. Uh, the word you use to wow and impress the messes. It's, I'm full of skepsis. I, I, I can't hear you. you got to speak up. I'm sorry. It's I'm full of skepsis. That one, you definitely. I hope I'm saying it right. It's probably probably been 30, 40 years since it, it came up in conversation. Okay, in my life, it has never come up in conversation. I don't even know where to begin spelling <laughs> that. Can you can you spell it? I think it's O M P H A L, and not not sure exactly. It's been it's been a long time. <laughs> Okay, so I want you to say it one more time, but slowly, because clearly I'm slow. I'm full of skepsis. And, and what, what does it mean? It's the act of medita meditating upon one's navel. <laughs> 
Now I don't feel so terribly stupid about not knowing it, having never <laughs> meditated too much or ruminated upon my navel. Um, we were playing a family game called Dictionary, and somebody would pick a word, and and then they would, uh, you, you had to try to guess the meaning. I, I think uh, you were given, like, samples, but. I remember the first time in junior high school when uh, somebody was explaining agriculture and talked about mastication. We all thought it was something else. Um, thank you, Jim. Okay. I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the call. Go masticate. Um, here is uh, Dale in uh, Chictawaga on WBEN. Dale, you're on. What is your word? Uh, yes, there was a gentleman about four calls back, you know, about, you know, certain people. I used to use the term uh, bovine ignoramus. Uh, bovine, like a cow, a bovine? Yeah, bovine, bovine, igner, ignoramus. Um, I always thought it was, uh, bovine. Perhaps I'm mistaken. Well, that could be the uh, proper, uh, pronunciation. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, dispute that. Oh, don't take my word for it. I'll go, I'll go to the internet during the break and look it up there. And then, and then, and then another one is, uh, archaic with antiquity. Archaic with antiquity, yes, which is almost um, a redundancy. Uh, but uh, thank you, thank you very much. I uh, appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. Archaic with antiquity, yeah, I think that would be redundant if I'm not mistaken. But again, don't uh, consider me an expert because I'm not. Um, and I learned some, I learned some new words today. Did you guys learn some new words uh, during this part of the program? I hope so. Um, anyway, it is uh, 4.56 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, coming up after the news, uh, I'm going to switch gears here. Um, there are, believe it or not, four Beatles movies in the pipeline, and they're not going to come out until 2027. And I'm going to take a risk here and do a show I've never done before, and it has to do with the Beatles and... I especially want to hear from younger people coming up in the next hour of the Bowerly program on News Radio 930 WBEN. All righty, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome to the program. And uh, I know how much you guys like talking about music. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but uh, there are going to be, well, there's going to be an epic British invasion we're gonna have to wait longer for it however than we do for the cloud clips uh which is coming up in uh, april at least that's what i think is going to happen but um there are interconnected movies coming out in 2027 four of them about the beatles and each of those movies is going to come from the perspective of a different band member uh, the same guy who did 1917, remember that movie? Which, what did we learn from 1917? What did we learn? Never trust a German pilot. That's what we learned. Uh, at least not in World War I. Uh, we'll captain the entire magical mystery tour of biopics, exploring the lives of the Fab Four, the order of the releases of the movies, or whether they're going to hit theaters simultaneously, is unknown. And we don't know anything about casting, but since Sony owns their catalog and is putting out the movies, probably a safe bet 
that we will get to hear their songs. Okay, so let's talk about this, shall we? Time marches on. We are in the era of Taylor Swift. Sorry, but we are. Beyonce is almost an oldie now. Just saying. Nirvana is an oldie. Time marches on. And my question to you, especially those of you in the younger generation, do the Beatles still matter? Do the Beatles still matter? Those of you in your 20s and 30s, hell, your 40s, do you listen to the Beatles? Are you into the Beatles? Are the Beatles just as cool now as they were for your parents or, God forbid, your grandparents? Remember, those screaming teenagers uh, in the crowd at the Ed Sullivan Show, most of them are probably dead now, or if they're not dead, they're very, very old. They're, they're antiques. Do the Beatles still matter? Do, they ma- do you listen to the Beatles? Um, it was said that uh, many, many people have said that, you know what, in hundreds of years, people will still be listening to the Beatles. And I'm thinking to myself, the way time marches on, and these movies are coming out in 2027, it has already been like 54 years since it was announced that the Beatles were dissolving. And it's been, what, 60 years, thereabouts, since the Beatles' last concert, except the rooftop concert, uh, the last concert in the United States. Do the Beatles still matter? And I will say that for me, the Beatles still matter. If Paul McCartney lived up to his promise that he gave us in September 2015 at the HSBC Arena and actually comes back to Buffalo, I assure you that I will be one of the many people trying to score seats because the last time he came, I spent a lot of money so that I could take my mother and my two kids to see Paul McCartney. And it's great because even today, my kids who are now in their, well, 30s basically, uh, they still remember that night back in 2015 and still have magical memories of seeing Paul McCartney. I've seen Ringo Starr a few times. He was the drummer of the Beatles. And if I have a chance to see Ringo, I will see Ringo because that music matters to me. Now, Paul McCartney certainly has a more extensive hit catalog than does uh, Ringo Starr, but still, Ringo was a Beatle. There are only four Beatles in the world, and only two are alive. Now, Pete Best, you might argue, well, you can't really argue that Pete Best, well, he was a Beatle, but kind of like a Beatle in name only. Pete Best was replaced by Ringo Starr, Richard Starkey. But here we are, more than half a century later, and we're still getting movies coming out about the Beatles. And to put this in some perspective, this would be like your humble host as a baby hearing about music that was recorded somewhere around 1913. (laughs) Seriously, like right before the First World War. So I'm wondering, in 2024, are the Beatles still relevant to you? 
And I cannot tell you the number of musicians who are in, well, now their 60s, 70s, and in some cases their 80s, locally, who uh, their entire trajectory of their entire life was predicated upon seeing the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. The Beatles hit the United States like a tidal wave. And overnight, everybody went out and bought a guitar. Some people went out and bought bass guitars. Some people went out and bought drums. In fact, Gary Astridge, who is a local man, he is so into the Beatles that he actually is the official drum historian of Ringo Starr. I kid you not. And whenever Ringo is around, Gary has a chance to see him. Uh, Ringo wishes him happy birthday. Uh, Ringo will call him. Um, and, and it's it's kind of cool. Like, gee, I know a guy that Ringo Starr knows. How cool is that? And Ringo is uh, actually a little shorter than I am, and Gary is about six foot four, six foot three. So it's always an interesting picture when the two of them are together, but I digress. Um, do the Beatles still matter, or are you over the Beatles? And if the Beatles matter, why do the Beatles matter so much? And it's interesting that this uh, story about the uh, four different movies about each of the Beatles will be coming out in 2027 from the same guy who gave us the movie 1917. Uh, because just the other night, and I don't know what possessed me, just the other night I did a couple of things. I watched the Beatles' performances on the Ed Sullivan shows because they were on a few times, and, and I watched those. And I also watched the Rooftop concert. Now, I, for my listening pleasure, I prefer the, uh, let's say, post-Rubber Soul Beatles to the I Want to Hold Your Hand Beatles. It's just more of my genre of music. Um, I happen to think the White Album is actually better than Sgt. Pepper, and I think that Abbey Road is also better than Sgt. Pepper. I really do. Um, I love side two of Abbey Road. I will often, after the show, when I'm getting ready to go out and live my dissolute life, after the show, I will often listen to side two of Abbey Road. That is my post-show shower music because I love it. And it was a whole bunch of songs that they wove together, and it's just this beautiful tapestry of music. But I find myself wondering, hmm, do younger people still care about the Beatles? Now, my daughter is, oddly enough, younger than I. I mean, she's in her 30s, and she loves the Beatles. She's also, you know, into Taylor Swift. But she loves the Beatles. My son, he loves the Beatles. I love the Beatles. But I'm, I'm just, I'm wondering if the Beatles, as a cultural phenomenon, have the Beatles run their course or do they leave a lingering legacy? I'm, I'm very curious about this. I, I love music, you know that. But every time, um, oh, well, I don't think they're together anymore, but the Be Buffalo Beatles Corporation, uh, uh, Buffalo Beatles Connection, otherwise known as BBC, which can have several meanings actually, uh, but in this case it's Buffalo Beatles uh, Connection. Um, every time they would play a gig, uh, the place would be jammed. Absolutely jammed. They used to play a town park 
around the Independence Day holiday, I think it was, and it was jammed, and they were sensational. And there is uh, a band, one of the guys from BBC has another band, it's called 45 RPM, and when you close your eyes and you listen to Russ sing, it's like you literally are hearing John Lennon. The other night, I was out, and I forget which performer it was, so I don't want to say. I forget whether it was Garrett Shea or Ron Licurdo or somebody else. I just don't remember. But they did Revolution on acoustic guitar, and everybody was singing along. And not everybody was a fossil. Not everybody was ossified. So my question to you is, do the Beatles still matter? Do you still listen to the Beatles? I do. And I probably will for the rest of whatever remains of my life. It's The Beatles are kind of like the soundtrack of my life. I'll never forget the first time I heard, I want to hold your hand. Across the street, neighbors were blaring it from the window. It was probably 1969. And I just, I stopped in my tracks and I thought, wow, who are these guys? They are really, really good. And that was my foray into the Beatles. Uh, as as a young boy, and that was about the time they were breaking up, actually. Uh, 803-0930 is the phone number. I know you guys love your music, and I know we get a lot of local musicians who listen to this show, because I listen to you, except I don't ask you guys for tips, now do I? <laughs> then again, you're a lot more entertaining than I am, so shut up. Uh, 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Are the Beatles still relevant? Do you still listen to them? Do you still get excited when you turn on whatever streaming service you have and you listen to them? Or you put on vinyl, God forbid, at home, or a CD at home. So in 2027, there's going to be four different movies released. Simultaneously, don't know. Different times, don't know. But they're going to feature... The Beatles from the perspective of each member of the Beatles. And my question to you, because I know how you love music, and some of you, a very small handful of you, actually saw the Beatles perform. Talk to people on the air who saw the Beatles perform in Toronto. And the story goes, and it's true, um, after the Ed Sullivan show, the Beatles were available to play in Buffalo, New York. And KB Radio, which was a powerhouse, 50,000-watt clear channel station back then, KB Radio was interested. But the Beatles wanted, and and I'm going to get the number wrong, like $2,500 or something for the performance, and the radio station thought that was too expensive. (laughs) So they took a a pass on the Beatles, and the Beatles ended up in Toronto. I don't know what the exact number was, but it was very paltry, uh, even adjusted for inflation, considering the craze that it was the Beatles. So I'm thinking to myself, by the time this movie comes out, the Beatles will have been dissolved for almost 60 years. Is it true that the Beatles are going to live forever in their music? Or especially those of you who are younger, are the Beatles just old news? Like, you don't even care. You can't even name the Beatles. And everybody of a certain age can name each and every Beatle, and everybody of a certain age has a favorite Beatle. I mean, of course, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and the guy who 
I think is uh, only in recent years uh, begun to be appreciated for what he brought to the band and his individual talents, George Harrison, who died of a brain tumor, very, very young. But do the Beatles still matter? I, I'm genuinely curious about this, and I especially want to hear from the uh, local musicians out there whose lives were basically set in stone the first time they saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. But I want to hear from other people as well. Are the Beatles old news? Is it time to move on from the Beatles? Does anybody care about the Beatles anymore? I I'm, have this genuine curiosity because when I saw that this movie is coming out in 2027, I thought to myself, okay, by the time these four movies come out, is anybody does anybody still care today? about the Beatles. I mean, Paul McCartney's concert sold out pretty quickly. You know that. Ringo Starr still plays to sell out crowds at large venues. So clearly somebody cares about the Beatles. I mean, they're not quite Steely Dan, but somebody cares. Um, I have open phone lines, and there's no way, there's no reason I should have open phone lines at 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Are the Beatles as dead as Dillinger? Or are they still a vibrant force in your life? 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Yes, I do steal lines from Reservoir Dogs periodically. Lawrence Tierney, interesting character. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. All right, so in 2027, three, I'm sorry, make that four different movies are coming out about the Beatles. And my question to you is, does anybody still care about the Beatles? 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. I'd love to hear from people who are younger as well, um, especially those of you who are younger, because uh, I'm just wondering if they're still relevant uh, to you. Here's Chapman in Lancaster on WBEN. Hello. Good afternoon, my leash. Yes, my love. Yes. Um, talking about the Beatles, I've, uh, it's kind of strange and all that because I've always had my – growing up, my mother would drive me and my brother around. She'd always listen to the oldie station, so I always knew every song by heart just because I'd always be around it all the time. And then I had friends that were obsessed with it. Um, not the teeny bopper years, though, but back when they discovered um, – well – substances and the music took a very strange and drastic change and um but uh, what i the connection i have with the beatles is growing up there's a, a 1981 movie uh called caveman starring ringo Starr, uh dennis quaid shelly long um barbara bach i think though but um a family oriented movie very funny almost no talking only one character in the whole movie actually says words Everything else is just kind of like grunting and caveman speak. But um, it's a very entertaining movie, and um, it wasn't until later on when I was, you know, smarter and an adult and such to make the connections. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't really think about that, like being in in a movie and all that stuff, though. But, um, yeah, that's that's my story as far as my connection with the Beatles and how I'll have an attachment with just because of that. 
But the, does their music does their music still matter? I mean, most people aren't going to think of uh, Caveman and Ringo Starr, the first uh, thought they have about the Beatles. Uh, they're going to think about the music. And, and does, it, think, does it still matter to you? I think it does just because it, they kind of, um, I don't know if I'd say the word, like they pioneered things, but um, they kind of did things as far as like what, I don't know, as far as what, from what I saw, what I experienced in such of the music, they kind of um, altered the tone of, of music and where it can go. And um, I don't know. I mean, you see, you see what they did. And then, like, with all the, the music videos, Yellow Submarine, and getting, like, all psychedelic and such, and then you start seeing, like, things from, like, like King Floyd kind of, like, they're doing crazy movies, lots of visuals and stuff like that. And it's, I don't know, it seemed like a, tra- a trend-setting type of thing where it's uh, kind of like how Elvis, when Elvis hit the scene, and there's, like, always those, like, milestone, like, bands or, or musicians that kind of, uh, kind of start something new, and it's... Uh, it kind of it brings about like a whole new genre or a new, um, like a new sound. I guess is the best way I, I mean, could put it. How is it that I mean, the, the versatility of the Beatles uh, is, is something that amazes me. How is it that the same yeah. guys who write and record yesterday can do Helter Skelter and Revolution and I mm-hmm. Dig a Pony? I mean, it's pretty pretty amazing the uh, repertoire they had and the versatility that they showed. Drugs are a curious thing. Well, I guess I don't think there is any other explanation. But uh, I mean, you you can certainly grow as an artist, but uh, they yeah. certainly went off in uh, many different ways. Uh, did you, oh, do you have a favorite Beatle? Well, I guess Ringo Starr, just because I have like, because I've always grew up just listening to them. Never really had like a face or anything though, but like. For me, when I think Beatles, like Ringo Starr is the one that kind of pops up and all. Plus, I used to play drums years ago myself, so I guess I have an attachment in that way. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, in two different ways that covers it for me. Um, very, very interesting, uh, Chapman. Thank you uh, very much. I mean, uh, drummers are a curious lot of people. Um, I mean, uh, Ringo is a phenomenal drummer because he's a very tasteful drummer. I mean, Keith Moon was probably a better rock drummer, but Ringo just knew exactly what to play and and when to play it. And uh, Billy Joel said if he ever had a super group, Ringo would uh, be his drummer. Here is uh, CJ in uh, Buffalo. CJ, do the Beatles still matter, or are they overrated antiques? (laughs) No, the Beatles will always matter. Um, It's like saying that Mozart and Gershwin don't matter anymore. They're all the fabrics of our music history. You know, it doesn't really matter if you listen to the Beatles every day. It's just nice to know that they were here. And um, we're just lucky to have them. Do you have a favorite era of the Beatles? Because they went through many uh, musical uh, styles and permutations. Um. Well... I prefer the early Beatles, um, right up, I can't really say, everything is fabulous. It's just like saying, what's your favorite Gershwin, or what's your favorite Mozart? It's, they were all genius, they were all artists, and they were all wonderful. Um, did you have a favorite Beatle? No, they were all my favorites.
Interesting. Well, you know, George George Harrison for a long time, I thought, got very, very short shrift. And then it's like once he died, people really appreciated the incredible songwriting and musicianship of George Harrison. He always felt on the outside of the Lennon-McCartney team, and uh, it was very hard for him to actually get songs included into uh, um, in, into albums. But, I mean, the funny thing is, is that uh, the song Something, is uh, Frank Sinatra, I think, called it the one of the the greatest love song ever written. Something, and who am I to argue with uh, the chairman of the board? No, you can't. And while my guitar gently weeps, that's another one. And of course, uh, Eric Clapton was the guy who played yeah. the lead on "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." Have Have you ever like Have you gotten so into it that you'll go to YouTube and you'll listen to the isolated tracks of various Beatles songs where they'll isolate the vocals, the bass, the guitar? You know, I have all the Beatles on vinyl. I have all the Beatles on CD. I really don't need YouTube. I've had them my whole life, so I'm very familiar with everything. Oh, but it you know what? I, I beg to differ. It opens up entirely new vistas when you um, deconstruct the songs and you listen to the individual parts and then you realize how all the individual parts came together. Like the vocals on Because are just amazing. Just li- yeah. just listening to the vocals is an experience. It's a, you mentioned Mozart before. I think Mozart would have been proud. It would have been something he would have put in uh, Requiem in D minor. My favorite oh, Mozart. Oh yeah. And Gershwin had the melody, just like the Beatles. Well, yes, um, but uh, as as far as uh, the but you know we we're not going to see biopics on George Gershwin. Um, coming out anytime soon, but we've got four Beatles movies coming out in 2027. Do you think it's maybe a little bit too late? Do you think at that point the Beatles are going to matter? Because a lot of the people who grew up with the Beatles are, if they're not long dead, they will be. No, I think uh, any time is a good time. There's still young people that listen to the Beatles, and the Beatles had so much influence on artists today um i think a lot of today's artists do give kudos to um the beatles well it's it's i mean really it's it's hard not to in in my opinion but i'm just trying to get a sense for where uh, listeners are on the beatles um overrated underrated are they still relevant do they still have a role to play in uh, in music um i mean to me they do but i'm a little bit biased and the post the post Beatles careers too. It it is so tragic in so many ways that John Lennon was murdered in uh, 1980 on December 8th during that Monday Night Football game because he had just gotten back into the game. And you listen to songs like "Just Starting Over," "Watching the Wheels," and they're great pieces of music. McCartney's solo stuff or stuff with wings, um, phenomenal. And George Harrison. Can you just imagine if they had showed up for Saturday Night Live on that day? Yes, um, a true story. Lauren Michaels, the producer of Saturday Night Live, offered the Beatles $3,000 if they would come down to the studio, having no idea that McCartney and Lennon were hanging out at the Dakota Apartments, not that far from NBC Studios, and they actually thought about doing it, but then they decided they were they were too tired. Yep. Yeah. 
I know. It, well, it would have been wonderful. And I don't think you can say the Beatles are overrated or underrated. They're the Beatles. Uh, well, I mean, hey, there are people who do believe that the Beatles are significantly overrated and that, that they, they, they don't matter anymore. I thought we might hear from some of them today, but apparently not. I've never met anyone that said the Beatles were overrated. Oh, I'm sure they're out there. Maybe they'll maybe they'll call in now, taking up the challenge, taking up uh, – you've thrown down the gauntlet. Okay. All right, CJ, thank you uh, very much. Uh, appreciate it. And you know one of the one of the things uh, if you uh, if you want to appreciate George Harrison and how awesome he was, just watch the video of uh, later on in his career with uh, the traveling Wilburys of Handle with Care. George Harrison was just amazing in that song and in that video vocally and with guitar and everything else. And the whole idea of putting together that super group, I only wish they would have gone on tour. George Harrison, Tom Petty, Jeff Lynne, Roy Orbison, Bob Dylan, and everybody was told, check your egos at the door. And I mentioned Jeff Lynne, who was involved in some of the late production of some of the Beatles material. Somebody said that, uh, well, somebody, I don't know who, somebody along the way said that uh, the Electric Light Orchestra was what the Beatles would have been had they stayed together. Now, I don't know if that's true or if it's not true, but, uh, you know, Jeff Lynne has a sound all of his own, not just vocally, but his uh, songwriting. I mean, Jeff hasn't had a new hit in many, many years, but he's got quite an extensive catalog behind him. And uh, one of the things about Jeff Lynne, um, he, uh, he doesn't know how to read music. And I always thought, isn't it amazing how many people who we consider musical icons and demigods, how many of these people have no idea how to read music? Jimi Hendrix couldn't read music. That didn't stop him. Uh, are the Beatles overrated? Are they just are, – are the Beatles dead as disco? Obviously, McCartney and Ringo Starr are still alive, amazingly, considering the storied lives they've lived. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Do the Beatles still matter? 2027, four different movies about the Beatles coming from uh, – uh, if, if you could, whatever's on in the background, uh, Judy, in Wales, if you could turn it uh, off. Or, turn it off. Uh, yes, yes, off. It has hi. to be off. Uh, Judy in Wales, you're on WBEN. I get distracted sometimes with the beauty of my own voice. As hi, melodic Tom. as it is. Yes, Judy, you're on WBEN. Hello. Hi, I love the Beatles. They are definitely not overrated. Um, we follow the BBC. We follow 45 RPM. Um, I, I just, I'm waiting for Paul too. I am hoping in my lifetime that I can see Paul McCartney in concert. So I will pay any price. Um, I would love to see Paul McCartney. Um, he was always my favorite Beatle. I don't know now, as I got older, John Lennon is absolutely fantastic. It would almost be a tie for me between Paul and John. Um, I just, I'm teaching my grandchildren. My youngest granddaughter's eight. She knows about the Beatles. Um, I don't, I don't think the Beatles will ever be unimportant, ever. Well, ever is um, it? It's a long time, and uh, I mean, when I I, mean, I I stop and think about it, when I was watching the um, the rooftop concert 
uh, as I sometimes do and I did quite recently, actually, I just I thought to myself, you know what? Today, each and every one of these songs still kicks butt. It's they still sound great. And it's funny because uh, I think Ringo borrowed the red raincoat he wore uh, during that concert. And could you imagine the grief George Harrison would take today for wearing a fur coat? Oh, my gosh. Did you ever go down to Larkinville and see the Beatles on the rooftop there, Mm -hmm. those concerts that they had? No, I have not. Okay. I don't know if they still do it. Um, We saw them before COVID, and that was really... That that was great too. Which which um, band which band did it? I mean, obviously it wasn't the Beatles. But oh which gosh, band? I can't. I really can't. I'm sorry, I can't was think it, of the name it, that did it. Was but it the BBC? Were, no, it was not the BBC. It was not 45 RPM. Those I know. Those two groups I follow. Um, no, uh-uh, and I can't think of the name of it. I'm sorry. But, and I don't even know if they do them anymore. This was, like I said, before COVID, and we went to two of them. And that was really awesome. You just took your lawn chair, you sat out in the, you know, parking lot, and they were up on the brook, and um, it was just great. And they'd end with, hey, Jude, and everyone would be holding their phones, you know, with the lights, and it was awesome. So, now, you, you, you said that uh, you wanted to see Paul McCartney. I mean, you are aware yeah. he was here in, uh, what, September of 2015? Yes, yes, and, and you, I did not see him. So oh, how, I would how love, I, you know what? I don't know. It, it's, I wish I wish I would have. It's crazy. I, I don't know. I'm very mad at myself for that. I mean, I did, but, I did break um, the story that Paul McCartney was playing Buffalo. They were trying to keep it a big secret, and I said, hey, folks, it's Paul McCartney. Um, much to the, ah. much much to the chagrin of certain people, but um, that show seriously for a Paul McCartney fan, that show was unbelievable. And for a man of his years to put in, it must have been about a three-hour concert. It was phenomenal. Like, not exaggerating, oh one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. And when he did, I know it's not a Beatles song, "Live and Let Die" with the pyrotechnics. I thought yeah. of the nightclub fire in Rhode uh-huh. Island, but 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 it, I, I you could literally feel the heat. And McCartney was right next to the things, and I can't believe he didn't get burned alive. Don't you feel like Paul McCartney is so down to earth? He's the kind of guy that you could just sit and hang out with. He he's not. I mean, did you obviously probably seen car karaoke right with Paul McCartney? Uh, yeah, I've seen yeah I've seen that with uh, with, yeah. with Paul McCartney. Yeah. Um, it, yep. it's, 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 and, you know, it, it's, it's tough to get a read on people, um, that way, but I do know that, uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Paul McCartney were recording records the same day at the same studio in LA and they had lunch together and Billy Bob's a very down to earth guy. So I'm sure Paul McCartney, I don't know, he, he must be too, but I mean, if you think about it yeah. since uh, 1964, Paul McCartney has been an international sensation, and it's got to wear yeah. on somebody after a while. Same thing with Ringo Starr, and they're all too uh, familiar with what happened to John Lennon and what also happened to George Harrison. George Harrison almost yeah. got murdered in his own house. I know. I know it. I know so, it. So thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate it. Hey, we, uh, we saw you I, a couple months ago at Bobby J's. We were there for 45 RPM, and you were there with your wife. Aha. Uh-huh. And uh, yep. hope we were behaving ourselves. And they announced that night. they announced that you were there. That's how we knew you were there. Do you <laughs> remember that? Yeah, they're, they're good. They're a good yeah. bunch. Good bunch of guys. Uh, oh thanks my very God, much. They're Ju- awesome. Ju- 
Judy, I, I appreciate I appreciate the call very much. Um, all right. And, and, thank you. All right. And thank you. Thanks, everybody, for the calls on uh, WBEN. Um, 45 RPM does a whole bunch of uh, British invasion stuff, including the Beatles, and uh, they vary their set list. You never know quite what you're going to get, but it's always uh, pretty awesome. I don't mind telling you. Uh, thanks again to Tanner Saunders. Buffalo's Evening News is coming up next 6 to 7 on News Radio 930 WBEN. And I shall return uh, tomorrow 2 to 6 following David Bellavia, Medal of Honor recipient, on News Radio 930 WBEN. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.